0: Light can turn on, so light can turn on in that unity. So as we pray, you know, we've been doing this for a while, praying for another body, but I told you last week, I'd like for these two weeks, let's pray for the body in Stanley County, in Albemarle, and let's pray for that service tonight. Would you agree with me? Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the unity that you are working in this area. Lord, thank you for the body of Christ in this area. You know, there's places around the Lord around the world, Lord, where there's very little of the body of Christ. But in this area, there's a lot. And Lord, we just thank you for the body. We don't pass by and not esteem what you have given us in this area. A place to worship you, a place that loves you, a people that loves you, Lord. And right now, we just ask that your body in this area would be lifted up that they would be blessed beyond measure, that you would do more in their lives than they could ask or think. Lord, we ask for your protection on that body. We ask for keeping them, Lord. Let them be provided for. Let them be well restored, Lord. Let them be healed, delivered, Lord. Thank you for all of your salvation that you're pouring out on them. And Father, we ask that they would be unified. Tonight, as we go into this service, let us not go in just as boomerang. Let us go in as the body of Christ in this area. Lord, we are one. We are worshiping one God with one voice. Father, we praise you for it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So hey. That was my farce gump wave if you hey. <laughs> so there's uh did you have a good week? Oh yeah. Did you enter into the new year in a good way? Yeah. If you haven't seen the you know service from last week, you should watch it. It would bless you. Got a lot of people that asked for it. And it it was a fun service, and we got a lot out of it. There's certain ways to go into the new year and to receive the plans of God. We don't want to receive our own plans, but we do want to receive the plans of God. And there's a way that you need to be about that, because God has set it up so that you are a partner with Him. Well, just like you're a partner in His plans, one of His plans is unity. And so as I was praying, well, Lord, what do you want to talk about? He said, I want you to, to preach tomorrow morning on unity. So let's turn to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. And we'll get into it. I want to start preaching right now, but we'll just, I'll get into my notes. Otherwise, we'll be here for longer than you want to be. What is that said? Every time you uh, amen, it cuts five minutes off or something like that. So, amen. There you go. So That's, that's one way to get amens. Amen. <laughs> Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, is there any encouragement in Christ? Yes, there is. There is. So, he, whatever he's about to say, we should pay attention because that part's true. If there's any consolation of love, do you have God's love in your life? Even if you realize it or not, it's there for you. It's there for you. It's like the, the picture that Nicole was talking about. You know, there's something there. You might not can see it in the flesh yet, but it's waiting on you. Is there any fellowship of the Spirit? If any affection and compassion... All right. So if these things are true, and they are true in God, and if you don't know them, I'm just take it for granted this morning. Those things are in God. I've seen them. They're real. They are not a, a fairy tale. It's not theory. It's a reality of in Christ, the love of God. He says, "Make." in other words, if those things are there, verse 2, make my joy complete by being of the same mind. In other words, now every scripture is inspired, breathed by the Holy Spirit, and inspired by God. So when he's saying this, is this you know, is this just Paul talking to the Philippians, or is this the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul? This is the Holy Spirit, and he's speaking to believers. So if he's speaking to believers, and God's not a respecter of persons, if you're a believer, is he speaking to you? Yes, he is. And he says this, if these things are true, and they are true, he says, make my joy complete. In other words, is this a question? Should we see this as an option? Should we see this as Christians? As we should do this, but we don't have to? No, we should see it as this needs to be done. This is not an option to me as a Christian. Make my joy complete by how? By being of the same mind. Well, now hold on a minute god whoa 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 time out maintaining the same love you know when you move in love in your life uh, it takes some maintenance as long as you have flesh it takes some maintenance Amen. you know in other words you know let's say i want to i want to love on george and be a friend to him and have that brotherly godly love for him here's the thing uh is george probably going to do something at some point that's going to get on my nerves he said, never. That gets on my nerves. <laughs> At some point, he's going to do something that's going to aggravate my flesh, right? And I'm going to have to apply and maintain love in that if we're going to be of the same mind. I'm going to have to apply love. And that goes for everybody. You know what? I'm probably going to say something to that will get on your nerves. I mean, I'm just saying. And what do we have to do? we got to maintain love. Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit. The message this morning is be united. United in spirit. Intent on one purpose. Verse 3, do nothing from self, selfishness or empty conceit. You realize when you make decisions for yourself, That's that's exactly what it's talking about right here. Selfishness, and listen to this, empty conceit. In other words, there's nothing in it for you. You may think, and logic may tell you that I'm making this decision to bring value to myself, but when it's selfishness, the the word tells us that it is empty conceit. So Now let me just get this. Let me, let me put this point across to you. When we are in unity and not moving just for ourselves, but moving for other people, all of a sudden our lives are filled with the things of God. How many people need more of the filling of God in your life? than you need to focus on unity. Because without unity, you start moving into the place where you're making decisions for yourself, and all of a sudden, what does the Lord say that that is? It's going to be empty empty conceit. But with humility of mind, listen to the statement, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. So let's go back over here to George, my friend. When he does something that might go against me or wrong, then what's going to happen? I've got if I'm going to get mad at him and hold it against him, who am I regarding as more important, him or me? I'm regarding myself as more important. But when I don't regard myself as I'm selfless, and I'm going to say, you know what, he may have made a mistake, but that does not excuse me from moving in love. That does not excuse me from stepping out of unity. That does not excuse me from avoiding George. Because that's what we do a lot of times. We're just like, I don't want to deal with it. I, I do, it's just too much. I'm just going to avoid you. I don't want any contact. But here's the problem with that. What happens when there is no contact? There is no unity. And unity is a thing that's commanded. Verse 4, do not merely... See, I'm already, did I say something already that got on your nerves yet? All right. <laughs> Lee raised her hand. <laughs> but, <laughs> amen. Me too. I'm like, Brian, hush, doggone. Verse 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. You know, when we start to get focused on other people, our, our things tend to go away. Our stuff, our problems, they tend to go away. What is real unity? Being united. You know, real unity... Here's what it is. It's being in God. We're going to find ourselves in real unity when we are in God. And what is God? But love. So real unity is a manifestation of love. Unity is love manifested. Now that's a very general thing. But you need to understand that it's going to take love for you to be in unity with other people. It's going to take, it's going to take effort to on your part, to put the flesh down, to let the love of the Holy Spirit flow through you, and when somebody gets on your nerves, still hang around and put them as more important than you are in your own mind. And a lot of our problems stem from that because we're always making decisions based off of us, ourselves. Listen, unity is love manifested. Now, we also saw that love was manifested to us from the Father when he sent Jesus, right? That was love made manifest. Now, listen to this. I I just wrote this, and you can see it. This is the story of the Bible, basically. Jesus effectively said to mankind through his actions, he effectively said to mankind, I am going to do what it takes so that we can be together no matter what they have done, and I'm going to do it without compromising truth and righteousness. That's one of the most beautiful pictures of unity. Because, could God have said, forget man? Absolutely. But even though we were even His enemies, even though He said, I don't want to forget about them. I want to see their faults and do something about it. I'm going to do whatever it takes so that... And it wasn't just so that we could be saved. He said, I'm going to do whatever it takes so that we can be one. So that we can be united. So that we can be unified. So unity is going to do whatever it takes to be together. You see, there's a a big uh, thinking right now that you don't have to be together to have church. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. You have to be together. It's a part of unity. It's a part of the commandment. You're not being it if you aren't. Yes, we carry the body of Christ everywhere we go, but we need each other. We were doing some teaching and some training on leadership, and something just stuck out to me so much because, in the middle of that, the Holy Spirit asked me this question. He said, How many things that are blessings from me or gifts from God? How many things that you receive come straight from me and have nothing to do with any other man? I was like, I mean, you'll give me a word? Every now and then we talk, we have fellowship, but you're talking about blessings and, and wisdom and all of that stuff. I'd say easily 90% at least comes through other people. You know why? Because he's designed it to be just that way. He's designed us to be together. And if we're not in unity, we're not together. And if we're not together, we're not doing what he asked us to do. So Jesus effectively said, I'm going to do what it takes. This is unity. I'm going to do whatever it takes so that we can be together. No matter what you've done, no matter how much you irritate me, no no matter how many things that you say or do, makes no difference, I'm still going to do what it takes to be together with you. And I'm going to do it. And this is a very important part because a lot of people, as soon as you start talking about unity, they think you're talking compromise. It's not compromise. Jesus came down here and did all of that without compromise. So unity is not saying that you're compromising the truth or compromising righteousness. It's just saying, I recognize that you don't have it right, I don't have it right, but we're going to be in unity anyway. We're going to do whatever it takes to be together as one. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Do you you realize you have a calling? You have a purpose. And he's saying to you, now live a life that's worthy of, of the high calling that you have each one of you, each person, everyone listening, you have a calling in God. And it came from the creator of the universe. It came from God himself, all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing God, God who knows everything, saw into the future and the past, decided this would be the best path for you, the best plan, the best purpose. And he said, you have this calling. And now Paul says, live this life. That's worthy basically of the one who called you in other words what you've called to you ought to be you ought to be seeking God on it and then you ought to be living it because it's the one listen l- let me put it like this who's somebody that you consider important tell me somebody that you that you consider important your mom all right we'll use that one to begin with if, if, if he considers his mom to be important, which we all should, it's the first commandment with promise, is to honor our father and mother. When mom calls and needs something, are we, are we going to stop what we're doing and go do that because of who called? If we're honoring her, it's true. Let me put it this way. Let, let, me, let me do it another way. Let's say that uh, uh, the king of England, Right, which has all those wealth, wealth and riches at his disposal, he calls you on the phone. Now I don't know how he got your number, and we're we're not going to talk about that. But somehow he found out that you were the one that could help him, and he says, "Hey, I need you to do me a favor." Now, how how many of us would jump at the chance to do something for somebody of that? Status of that stature. Everybody would. And yet you have a king of kings. Lord of lords. He's, he's called you. And he's set before you a task of living this life which is just but a vapor. Of living it worthy of who he is. And we treat it a lot of times like nobody... Like we, we got the option to just say, that's not worth anything. And yet it's worth more than anything in the world. And so when Paul says this, he says, lead a life worthy of your calling. Let me tell you, unity is a part of every Christian and every person's calling. And he's asking us, lead a life that will live in unity. He says, for you have been called by God. Verse 2 always be humble and gentle be patient with each other marking or making allowance for each other's faults because of your love make listen to this part make every effort to keep yourselves united in spirit Now that's a strong statement Make every effort do you hear the terminology do whatever it takes to keep yourself united be united is what he's saying. This is not an option. It's not a question. Be united. Don't compromise. That's not what I'm at. I'm not asking you to agree with everybody's thinking and everything. Because you know, last time I checked, even me, I don't know everything that God knows. You don't know everything. That God knows. So how is it that all of us are going to agree on the same thing? The only way we can even come close is if we decide, I will be united in spirit. We will be in unity. We may have disagreements on doctrine and theology, and that happens all the time. It's everywhere because there's a bunch of stuff in that book. There's a bunch of leading and growing up that we did without God. So there's a lot of things that we're growing in and moving towards. It's obvious that we're going to see things differently. But there's some things that we should absolutely see as truth and being united is one of them. And that means if he says, do everything you can, make every effort to keep yourselves united, that means we need to do whatever we need to do to make sure that happens. You know what? That puts pressure on your flesh. You know, I, a lot of you have heard this story, but I was kind of taught uh to be an introvert, and I didn't need people I didn't need them and so I was growing up, and the Lord started calling me into ministry and i was i and the Lord asked me to do something, and I think my response to the Lord at least in my heart was uh Lord, I don't even like people <laughs> I don't even like people and then he just, you know how the Lord does, he didn't even answer me. I guess it wasn't worthy of a reply. And, and he said, I was reading in, uh, I think it's Isaiah 51, I think, where it says, look to the rock from whence you were hewn. And in other words, I was supposed to look back to Jesus who is my rock. And I'm a chip off the block. In other words, the same DNA that's in Jesus should should be in me. If I allow it, it will be. And the Lord said, Jesus was all about people. And I went, oh. And I realized I'd been trained wrong. And I had to change, because Jesus is all about people. And I and, and that put pressure on my flesh because I didn't want to be about people. Yeah. I wanted to not be about people. But as I handed myself over to the Lord, he He taught me how. Now some of y'all would be like, what? No way. But true, I didn't want to. And now I've come to the place, it's kind of like the picture that Nicole was talking about with Jesus holding the present behind. When I decided to let go of my not liking people, Jesus actually blessed me with this gift of people. And now I find so much joy in being around people and the body of Christ. And there's times, yeah, when I need a break and I want a break, but man, I, it it's not long before I say, "You got a piece of God inside of you that I need. You got a piece of God that I need in my life. I need that unity." Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with <coughs> peace, for there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. You see that? In that unity comes your hope for the future. In that that unity, there's two things I really want you to get out of those two passages. Number one is that unity is a commandment and part of your mission as a Christian. This This is not for question. It's a part of the command and your mission. Number two, your glorious hope is released in unity between Christians. Listen, unity, it has to be with people. You can't, you can't just sit at home and say, I don't like people, don't like people, don't like people, and expect to be in unity. It doesn't work that way. Unity happens when we're together. Unity happens when we have one mind, one heart. Unity happens when we say, you know what, your ways are more important than mine, Lord." I I feel some of y'all going, I don't feel very unified with you right now for saying that. That's the way I felt, too, for a long time. Let's go to Psalms 133, verse 1. We talked for several weeks about options and how we need to understand That we have options in Christ, but as Christians, our job is to view it as if we don't have any options. To see our only option as the Lord and His ways and His things. Being unified, being united, being in unity is not an option for a Christian. It's a command. Psalms 133, now, if that doesn't get you, let's go on to this and maybe this will help you out. Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3, <coughs> it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. He says, this is the Lord saying, Look, it is good. Unity is good and pleasant. That If, if God is really our Lord, that ought to be all that it takes right there. All he's got to do is say, this is a good thing, and we ought to be all over it. So all he's saying is, but here's what he's saying. He's saying, in unity, there's promise for you. There's promise. Are you looking for stuff in your life? Do you need the power of God? Do you need the things of God in your life? I do. I mean, just this week, you know, all three kids came down with a fever within, within a couple of days. I needed the power of God. I needed the strength of God. I woke up yesterday thinking, who's going to preach? Because I don't feel like it needs to be me. Because I didn't feel good. I needed the power of God. And We just went to the Lord and we said, hey, this has no right to stay here. We are kept by you. We are protected. You have already died and took stripes for our healing. We receive our healing. And within 24 hours, everybody was free of that, that fever. So I know it's, taking a lot of people a lot of time to get over that stuff but it doesn't have to be that way but here's the thing just like you i need the power of god active in my life man i need it god says this he says when you're in unity it's good and pleasant in other words here's the power of god release keep reading it says It says, verse two, it is like the precious oil upon the head. Unity is. It's like the precious oil upon the head, coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edge of his robes. The oil is always represented or a representative of the anointing of God. The anointing is is to break every yoke, to break everything that's holding you up in your life. The anointing is there to empower you. And so when he says it's like the oil of anointing here, and it's going to anoint your life, what he's saying is unity brings a power into your life. It brings answers into your life. Now, you might not want to be in unity because he said it earlier, but I know at least all of us want to be in unity, at least for a little bit bit for the power that it will bring in and the reality of God's love manifested in our lives. So no matter how you look at it, we still need it. We need to make it a priority in our lives. It says this, It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing for life forever. So the blessing was life forever forever, and it was the Lord himself commanding it in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but it's one thing for me to pray over myself, but if I could picture God coming into my house, laying his own hands on me, and saying, life forever, I imagine that would do some stuff. That would change some things. That's what it does when you get into unity. That's what unity does for you. Listen, not just for you. That's what unity does for everybody around you. Because the power of God is designed to flow in you, through you, and overflow you into other people's lives. So if you can imagine God himself saying, I'm here, it's my presence, life forever. God commands the blessing. Is unity powerful? Well, it should be. The truth of the matter is, we talked about that that a little bit this morning, if, if you just heard preaching, like we've heard preaching on faith, and we've heard preaching on, on the, uh, the lost sheep, and we've heard it on that, but if, if you just took all the preaching, there hasn't been that much on unity. You know why? Because there ain't a whole lot of people that want it, even preachers sometimes. Why? Because they really don't know the power that's in it. It's right. It's true. They'll say, I want unity, but then when it comes time to sit together and let's let's hash out something, let's go through it, they'll be like, no, I don't don't want to do that. I've seen them do it. I want to be after God. I want to be like Christ. Then you need to make unity a focus. That means that you're going to have to get along with people you don't like. (laughs) What? What? Yes. You know what? You may even sacrifice for those people that you don't like. It's all a piece of unity. You may even sacrifice your time or your comfort. But why? Because God's all about it. It's the plan that He has for this world. And if we're going to be in His plan and a part of His plan and provided for through His plan, then we've got to be in His plan. And his plan is people. His plan is unity. Albert Barnes said this, For unity, it says, For there the Lord commanded the blessing. He appointed that as the place of worship. Listen to this. As the seat of his residence. Do you want God in your life? The seat of his residence is unity. I need God to take up residence in my life. I need His presence. I need everything I can from, and the seat of His residence is in that unity. The source of all holy influences. I need the holiness of God. I need the influence of God in my life. And where does it happen? I know one place it for sure happens, and that's when we're united, when we're in unity in the new living this is funny in the new living uh verse 1 133 verse 1 says how wonderful and how pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony and i don't know about you but if i got up here and tried to harmonize with anybody it would not be good and it would not be pleasant because i don't harmonize very well in music and isn't it isn't it awesome when all of a sudden you're hearing this ah, screechy, scratchy, ah, golly, stop, please, time out, give me a break. And then all of a sudden that person shuts up and everybody else harmonizes together and it's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. That's basically when I stop singing, that's when that happens. But doesn't it sound good when everything just, when those notes hit together? Isn't it beautiful? See, the disharmony, that's what the world's been seeing. They've been seeing disharmony as every body, every church tries to sing their own song. Everyone says, us, us, us. Every person says, me, me, me. It's everybody singing their own song. There's no harmony. There's no unity. And the picture that they have of a church is complete disharmony. Disharmony as every person tries to make their own way. Well, this is the plans for my life. This is what the Lord has me doing. Who cares what the Lord has you doing? If it's not in unity and it's not in harmony, it's still ugly. It's still ugly. It still causes me to go... Oh. It goes against the grain. This thing called Christianity, it has to be done with people. That's why we have to have the unity. It's beautiful. It's You can't be united if you're not together with other believers and other churches. You can't do it. Now you know we've been... Uh, one of the comments I hear the most about Boomerang is how we pray for other churches At the beginning of each service is one of the comments we hear most. I didn't know it would be that big of a deal, but I just knew that the Holy Spirit last year said, stop making the whole service all about yourself. Because you're a part of the body. And so we started praying every service and every fifth Sunday we take up an offering for another church or another pastor because we're not the only one. So you know, we just recognize and kind of sowing seeds into our thinking. On unity why because unity is that important why because I need the power of God in your lives and for the power of God to be in your lives then you need to be in unity as well and so I the Lord had me start sowing the seeds of ideas of we need to be unified you know what the devil attacks he attacks the unity you know, we started last year, several people had a really bad year last year. Lots of attacks, lots of stuff going on. I can tell you, it's a result of us going after unity because the devil does not like that. He does not like us being in unity. Matter of fact, we, we get together with pastors, and we have been for about three years. Every, once a month, we're praying and talking talking uh, about different things and just being in unity together with pastors. And man, after we had one last year, it was like, it, it just... It was good, but it wasn't like it was, and it wasn't like it needed to be. And the devil, man, he was attacking that, attacking that. You know why? Because he wanted us to get off that track. You know why? Because when we get in unity, the power of God is released in people's lives. And he doesn't want the power of God in reality in people's lives. But what do you do? You just keep pressing through. You just say, I know this is what's right because I see it in the Word. You press through and the power is released. And I'm telling you about November or so, all that stuff started to break. I mean, there was attacks all over the county and all that stuff started to break off and you can even feel it. It's like something's lifted off of you and, and there's a hope. There's hope now. I got hope again. And the reason is because we kept on doing what we needed to be doing no matter what it looked like on the outside. This is why it's important about unity. Unity is so important because not only does it it fulfill God's will, but it brings God's will into manifestation. It makes it a reality in the people's lives. We need that to happen because when the love of God starts to manifest and become real in your life, the world around you wakes up and says, what's happening over there? I need that. Jesus said this in John 17. He said, I wish that they would all be one. And he said this about unity. He said, he said, when they all become one, he said, they will know that we're together. He said, and the world will believe. Now, why does the devil come against unity? Because the plan of God is for us to be together as one, united. And in that, he's pronounced that the world will believe when they see us in harmony, not just singing our own song. They'll say, oh my goodness, that's beautiful. Look what they have. Instead, up until this point, I would say as a majority, as a whole, what they've seen is all the different ones singing their own song and talking about how good their service is and how good my service is and how good this, my ministry and this you know, that ministry doesn't do it as good as we do. And so you've got all these different voices everywhere and you've got no unity and the world's going, why would I want anything to do with that? And then you've got individual Christians saying, well, did you see what she wore on? Did, did you see what he did the other day? Did you do this, this and that? Did you? And they'll say, why do I want to be a part of that? But when you come to somebody and you go, man, did you see what Brandon did? Oh, my goodness, Todd. It was just, and, and Todd goes, it's all right. Everybody makes mistakes. Man, he's my brother. You are, too. Let's focus. Let's think on heavenly things. Let's think on God things. Well, that person even saying that, it's kind of like, I don't know what to do with that. But eventually it's going to say, man, there's something real there. That's real love. I need that. But you don't have that. You don't have he's my brother unless we make time to become brothers, to become unified, to be in unity. And you don't make time unless you start seeing the importance that God's placed on it. You can't be united if you're not together with other believers in other churches. You can't be united if you're not allowing them access to your life whether you like them or not. You know, there's probably, truth of the matter is, if we were hanging out somewhere, maybe I wouldn't like you. I don't know, just saying. Maybe you wouldn't like me. But because we opened up access to each other in our lives, you learn how to grow and be a part of one another. You know, how many people ever got mad at your kids when they wouldn't try something? You know, no, you're going going to take a bite of that. At least one bite. You're going to try it. Don't tell me you don't want it just because it's green. Right? No, you're going to try. How long have we been doing that with other believers? I don't even want to try and open up because everybody else has burnt me. I don't know that I like you. One day you walked into the church and you hadn't brushed your teeth. And I just don't want to talk to you anymore. Because I'm afraid I might get knocked out. (laughs) You, You know. All these different reasons. That we would say. And we're not even trying anymore. We're not even trying to be in unity. When it's this important. Look at this in Acts chapter 1. Verse 4. It says. Once he was eating with them. He commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now they knew this was a pretty awesome thing. First of all, they understood baptism. and They knew that that meant to be overwhelmed. So what he was basically saying is, God is going to overwhelm you with Himself. Well, that's an awesome thing. They understood. They remembered the story when when the Holy Spirit came on Elijah or Elisha and he picked up and ran in front of the chariots back 19 miles to the city. They knew what happened when the Holy Spirit came on Samson and he pushed down. They knew the power of God and they said, you mean God is going to anoint us with himself, to baptize us with the Holy Spirit? And and look at their response in verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, they're like, ooh, opportunity. Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? Let me put it this way. My kingdom, my ministry, my church, is it now that you're going to bless me? And because unity, you see, is not focused on the individual. It's focused on the body. When somebody starts focusing on themselves, they start missing all of what God has for them. And see right here, this is ha- let's, all, let's all go tell everybody about Boomerang. It's the best church in Stanley County. And our mom, it's awesome. It's so great. Da, da, da. No, let's tell you about Jesus. Forget about the names. Let's just do what Jesus wants us to do. Let's be unified. And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, for they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. There's the key part. This will empower you to be witnesses for Christ. This will empower you to be in unity. This will empower you telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and through the ends of the earth. Verse 14, it says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So they started to get in unity. They were all our kingdom, our kingdom, our kingdom, my church, my church, my church, me, me, me. They were thinking this way, but they got the point and they said, let's get together continually in one mind. Our mind focused on God. Our prayers focused on what he wants. Let's get together. We're at one body. And in chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house uh, where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. So in each case, in a case in the in the Old Testament and a case in the New Testament when it talks about unity it says this this is the point that power is released into your life the reality of God is released into your life and we can accomplish this mission that we're supposed to be having so important in our lives and making so important we can actually do that thing in Acts they went on 3,000 people came to the Lord that day because they were in unity and received the power and the love of God the way that they did now what would happen if we as a body in this county and in this city decided I'm going to make unity a priority in my life I'm going to get united with other believers and other people and then all of a sudden 3,000 people were added to the church well there's you know we can sit like 120 in here well where's the rest of them going to go where's the other you know 2700 2780 is that right 120, 2880. Where's the rest of them going to go? Well, they're going to have to go to other churches. They're going to have to go to other places. And we can't say, well, they're all mine. Oh, that sounds like unity. Oh, we'll take them all. No, no, no. God's got a place for each one of them. And it's important for us to know how important unity is to God. Because when unity becomes that important to us, and we start putting down old habits old thinking, things that we say, well, that's just me. I don't even know if I like people. We start putting those things down and picking up how much God does. Now the power of God can enter into your personal life, enter into this body, enter into this city, enter into this county. We need to be about unity. And the world will start to believe, oh my goodness, that thing's real that Christianity stuff, I used to joke about it, I used to make fun of it, but now all of a sudden I see that's real. Unity is huge. Listen, your mission, your hope, your anointing, your power, and your blessing is all tied up and tied to one thing, unity. Your mission Your hope, your anointing, your power, and the blessing of God, the presence of God is tied to unity. If you remember back in the Reset series, what did we need more than anything else? We needed to be in fellowship with God. You needed the presence of God. Guess where one of the places it starts is? Unity. Unity. So I hope today that it changes your mind on your thoughts. Maybe it just gives you more resolve to get into that unity, to open yourself up, start allowing people more access. Maybe, maybe it just makes you think, you know what? I need to overlook some of this stuff that I consider so, uh, so much of my pet peeves. And you know what? Unity takes time. What if, what if everybody in here... 20 years ago, started really operating in unity, what would it look like today? Well, see, today is 20 years from the future, and it can be that way 20 years from now if we will simply not get weary in well-doing but start applying those things that God has for us. We need unity in our lives. Why? Because we need the love of God manifested in our lives. If you want any of those things, you need to make unity your mission. Lord, I just ask right now that you would make solid, help to make solid inside of people, Lord. The priority for unity. Help to make solid the resolve. Not just to go after it, Go after unity for a day or a few weeks. But Lord, help us to have the resolve that lasts for the rest of a lifetime. That when unity gets boring in a month or two, we still say, alright, I'm not going to get weary and well-doing. I'm going to carry on. Lord, let the resolve of unity to be united stand up in the spirit of each person hearing this. Lord, let your anointing break off the yokes and the strings that would pull on them and say, you don't want this, you don't want to do that, knowing that it's just the devil trying to keep us out of fulfilling the mission and the plan that God has for us, Lord. Lord, right now I just ask for those yokes to be broken over their life. Lord, I just ask that unity would become a reality and a priority in them. We praise you for it, Lord. Thank you, Father, for it. Thank you, Lord. Jeff and Tara and Barrett and George, we all take your posts there. And As Jeff comes and prays as we head out, if you're new today, we have a gift for you, but I just challenge you, be unified. Make it a priority. If you have any prayer need whatsoever, I need healing, I need, I, need, I need provision in my life, I need answers, I need wisdom, these guys are up here to help pray over those things for you. If, you, need, if you. if you've been saying, you know what, all this talk about unity, I need to make some unity with God. I need to renew that relationship. If you want to give your life to Christ or you want to renew it, come and talk to these guys and they'll lead you in that. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, talk to these guys and they'll lead you in that. Whatever it is you need, big, little, makes no difference. As soon as we dismiss, make your way and let these guys pray. They're anointed to help pray over your life. Seek unity. Make it a priority. In Jesus' name, be united. Jeff, we have a gift for him too.
1: Lord, we just thank you today. We thank you for the message that's been delivered here through Pastor Brian and through the example that you've set. We thank you that we have your word to rely on, that you have set the example for us for unity. God, we just pray that blessing of unity, that it starts here today with the seed of this message in all of us. Let us be fertile ground for that seed and let the blessings of unity flow into this church Lord, first off, between us and you, we want that unity. Let that blessing of unity just be with each of us here at Boomerang, everybody who's watching online, that we are united with you. Let that blessing of unity flow into marriages here at Boomerang. Let it flow into families here at Boomerang. And let it flow into the body of Christ here in Stanley County. We just thank you, Lord, for this message. We just thank you that we're going to be that fertile ground, that this message is going to grow inside of us, and we're going to start walking this thing out every single day, even though it gets hard. We're going to walk out unity. We just thank you, God, and we give you thanks and praise tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a good week.